life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. All right, we have a special guest on the show today that I am very, very, very proud to have him on the show. In this time of confusion, where we see America falling apart in a lot of ways, a lot of chaos going on, whether you're right or left or right or wrong, it doesn't matter because we have to recover. And we have to recover soon. It's a critical time for all of us. And for me, I get up every day and I tend to be um, more confused than the day before. And I always go back to a saying, trying to get comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. I find America split and I find times to be chaotic. Sometimes when I lose my point of reference, I, I want to go back in time and find a person or something that I can say, that person went through that. He recovered from that or she recovered from that and they're better for it. And so I searched, I found, I had him right here in my back pocket. And his name is Pop-Pop. We have something in common. My grandson calls me Pop-Pop and we call him Pop-Pop. The reason I'm bringing him on the show is because I think he's got great advice for us. He is 91 years old and he's very, very much together in mind and body and spirit. And he goes back to the old days. Uh, He was born before the Great Depression. I mean, the Great Depression. Before there was Social Security before there was unemployment, before there was a lot of things. And he went through that. And he was a young man. And then he went through World War II. And he saw all of the disarray and all of the dangers and all the chaos. Now, does he have all the answers? No. But what he does have is the experience of life. And that, my friends, is valuable. So let's listen to what he has to say. Pop, Pop, how are you? I'm fine. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to have you on the show, man. It's good. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Pop-Pop and I, the reason we know each other is because of Len Zen, the Len, Len Zen. He is uh, my daughter, Chelsea, married into this great family. And this great family is a combination of a lot of things. How I met Len and we become, you know, good brothers and good friends. And we talk a lot. And Len is your son. And I can only tell you that everything about our families together has just been surrounded by a lot of love and by a lot of caring. As you know, we've had Len on the show before, and he is just a, he's just a great man. And you have a great family. And you were born in what year? 1929. So you were born in I 1929. I I started the Depression. <laughs> <laughs> you started the Depression. Now, you have to understand that Pop-Pop, guys, for all of you listening, he has a great sense of humor and he is probably more alive than most 40 year olds that I know. He gets up, he moves, he spends his summers at the beach. He's got his kids. He's got a, he, he's just got his life and he likes to drink beer. I want to talk about that. So he's here to talk about the times, the point of reference that I was talking about earlier, how we get through all of this and how we survive this. Um, you told me a story about, when you were going through it, you didn't even know it. Your mom and dad were struggling, but they never let you know. Absolutely. Most of my uh, first 10 years were spent in, in the Depression. I lived a normal life. I didn't know what was going on around me. I'm sure my parents were struggling, though. But I always had a clean house and uh, food to eat. And my father and mother were probably sweating it out. But uh, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, so you were kind of blinded to it. You were protected by the love of your parents, right? Absolutely. 
and family is utmost important in anyone's life. If you it have is. family, you have strength. Well said. The way I feel anyway. And you're sitting at home in quarantine and can't go out. You know, you're 91, and I think about the days, and I'm going to be 65, Pop Pop, and I think about the days that I'm losing, but I refuse to lose it because these are days we will never get back. I remember you told me that when you turned 16, you got a job, right? Uh, well, I used to work with my father. He had a soda truck. In the summer after school, I would work with him and uh, spent my summers uh, delivering soda. And, and They were tough days because you had to bring the full cases in and the empty out. Not like today when you throw your bottle away or whatever. But in those days, you had to bring the empties back and bring the full in to the store. It was tough work, but uh, it was good. Kept me busy. Well, I kept you busy, and, and I think, too, the other thing you told me is that was uh, a time when you started making a paycheck. You saw your parents were suffering and struggling, so you started giving them some money as well. After high school, I got a, uh, I guess you call it a real job. It wasn't much, but uh, it was a start. Every paycheck, I would give my mother half of my check because I felt I had to help out because they were still struggling. And uh, yeah. my father's whole life, it was a struggle, I think. You said your dad was struggling through times like we are today. How did he handle it? How did he get through the times? So he going through the depression and then... He handled it very well. I mean, considering now that I think back, I didn't realize how poor we were until I got older. <laughs> yeah. Then I realized yeah. we used to rent a house in Philadelphia, South Philly, and uh, the payment was $20 a month, and he had to sweat it out trying to make that $20. Well, there was no safety net. You didn't have, like I said, the Social Security, the unemployment. You didn't have the safety nets that we had today. You didn't today. have a thing. During the Depression, there was nothing. And uh, I'm sure they really struggled then. But like I say, I was only a young boy, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. I knew we were in a Depression, but I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> I lived a normal life. Well, Pop up, they protected you from it because they loved you. I have to tell you, my grandmother raised me in, in my house along with my mom and dad, but it was the way it was then. You know, you, you brought your parents in the house, and, and she was always there. She was there from the day I could open my eyes. But I remember there was something about her. She was up before everybody else. I mentioned this on the shows before. She was disciplined and focused, and she used to tell me, you know, she used to tuck me in bed at night. One thing she's always said, don't hate anybody. Don't hate anybody. And I used to fall asleep thinking about that. And she was up before everybody else. And there was always a serious, serious tone and a look in her face that she kind of been through it. Now, my parents could tell me to do things. And as a kid, I'd kind of walk sideways. But when my grandmother told me, I knew it was coming from an old source. She'd been through it. And, you know, I can feel that today, going through it today, going through what we're doing today and not being able to reach back anymore to see my grandmother but there's a serious tone about it there's a serious tone that when we get out of this and we will when we figure a way out 
we will be better and stronger for it, but we're going to learn from it. And we're going to pass that on to our children. The difference is I think that you were protected from it. Today, I see the kids are in it with both feet, young kids. They're, they're dealing with the hatred and they're dealing with all the indifferences. And I don't think that's good. I think you're a product of protection and love. And because of that, you're better for it. And you pass that on to your family as well. Am I correct? I think you're correct on that because you learn a lot through adversity and uh, hard times strengthen you, actually, I think. They do. It's hard to realize it. You know, when you're going through it, it's hard to convince yourself of it, but they do. It strengthens you, and uh, that's why in this day and age, I think I'm handling this pretty good because of all I've been through. And these young kids are not used to this bad things like this. But, I mean, it bothers me, don't get me wrong, but I'm handling it as good as I can, and uh, it seems to be working out. You adjust your life. You do, and for everybody that's listening, you have to understand that Pop-Pop is not your normal 91-year-old. He lives alone. He lives in his own house. And he is, again, I'm going to repeat this, he's one of the most active people, not 91-year-olds, but one of the most active people that I know. He's involved in a lot of things with his family and local things, and he's got a family that he kind of calls his second family down at the shore. He's got his family at home. And I remember when we were trying to get to meet the denotes for the first time or second time, we had to work around Pop-Pop's schedule because he, he, he had things planned here and he had to say, well, wait a second, I got stuff going this week and I got stuff going that week, and I was astonished. And so this is hard for you to sit home for 90 days or more sitting in your house, not being a part of the shore, not being a part of the things that you love to do. I think what you're saying to me, it's all about sacrifice, right? Absolutely. Sacrifice is the name of the game. And you have it is to the name of the game. Sacrifice. I remember you telling me the story as you got older. You, you, I forget what age you were. You, you died on the shore off of the Atlantic, you know, I don't know what you were doing, you know, at the time, but I remember you told me the story. You you died, but then somehow they saved you, right? I was at the beach in Ocean City, and my daughter and I, she went to talk to me, and she looked. I wasn't answering, and then she looked better. I wasn't breathing. (laughs) So uh, she quick got a lot of help, and that's where this other family came in. Uh, It happened to be a nurse in the area who worked at the emergency room. And she led my uh, rescue, trying to bring me to, between the lifeguards and the emergency crew came and uh, laid defibrillator on me and uh, three or four shots of that. And I even got a broken rib out of it from the lifeguard. People kept asking me, did you see the light? I said, I didn't see anything, I said. I woke up, I was in an ambulance, and uh, they rushed me to the hospital, and I said, where are we going? I didn't even know what happened. They said, you're going to the hospital. I said, hospital? I said, I want to go back to the beach. I was in my bathing suit. I was all full of sand, and I had to land on the ground. And (laughs) so they they were all laughing. You're not going back to the beach. You're going to the hospital. You had a heart attack, right, Papa? Yes. 
you got this second family now, so they're the ones that saved your life. Tell us about your second family and your second life. Well, this nurse uh, who led my rescue is part of a large family, mainly from Westchester area, Pennsylvania. And they always spend their summers down at the shore. One day I was talking to, naturally, you know, I'm always trying to talk to somebody. And this young girl, uh, I got talking to her. She said, oh, you're the guy who was on the beach. I guess a lot of people came and watched me or whatever. And we got talking. Next thing you know, her other sister came, and then her parents came, and I got involved with them, and it looks like they have adopted me. Uh, we adopted each other, actually. Uh, I was an only child, and I always wanted to be part of a big family. And I said, well, it took me 85 years to find you, but I found you. There must be 40 of us. We make a big circle, and we sit on the beach, and uh, we have a good time. And uh, yeah. they're a good, hardworking, successful family. Apparently, they have adopted me. What about your own family? What do you think about them? Oh, they're wonderful. It's a small group, <laughs> but it's wonderful. I'm blessed to have two great families, I'm telling you. Yeah. Your regular family is the key to everything. You have right. to have a strong family. And uh, we certainly did. My kids and I, we still get along great. Well, as we finish out here, as we give it a minute or so, being 91 and the oldest person I know that's gone through times that have been as difficult, what advice do you give us to all of us? And what have you learned through your second life and through your first life that will help us get through these days so that we can see light at the end of the tunnel? I've learned you got to be persistent. You can't just throw in the sponge. Tough times make you a lot tougher. And just hang in there, do the best you can, and it'll end someday. Uh, all tough times come to an end. And there's been a lot of bumps in the road for me, but uh, you survive it. You survive it, and you become stronger and stronger. So just hang in there and do what you can to handle this situation well, we're in. Thanks, Pop Up. And I hope all of us hear this get tough. Tough times require tough people. Let's get tough. Let's get through it. And uh, one day we'll all be better for it. All right. So we'll talk soon, Pop Up, again. I hope to see you soon. You hang in there. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hoovercarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Steve Mittman social media.com.